Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson, proudly serving as the host of this show. On the program with me today, I've got Cam Beery and Ryan Lavoy. Birthdays in sports, a nightly TV guide, and more fun as we get you set for Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow. Let's dive right in. Your phone calls are welcome on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401. JJ, Cam, and Ryan. Cam Barry, how are you? I am great. Um, having ready, ready for a relaxing weekend, honestly. I'm tired. It's been a long week. and um, We just, made it to Friday. We made it to Friday, and I can just that's all I can think about is watching some Auburn football, watching some Atlanta Falcons football, um, and... Uh, you know, hopefully pulling out a win in both. Yeah, it's been good for me to kind of sit here and, and realize we have made it through another week, considering yeah. uh, this time one week ago, I was Boo-hooing. seating people. Yeah, I was I was uh, at my brother's wedding, my younger brother's Too wedding, lit. this time next week, and or last week, I should say. And uh, yeah, pretty insane that we've gotten here. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm uh, going to try and keep the energy level up after driving seven hours yesterday and Too seven hours today. Uh, but uh, overall, doing okay. Um, looking forward to the weekend myself. My parents are in town as we speak. Uh, hello, mom. Hello, dad. If they are listening <laughs> uh, around town on the radio instead of through the Tiger Communications app. Uh, but um, so excited to have them here. Uh, Going to be able to go to the Arkansas game tomorrow with them. So excited about fun. that. Um, it'll be, I think, their second Auburn game ever. and My first as a fan in, in a while, uh, working the press box. So I'm so excited about that. And the weekend, trying to recoup from all this driving and, you know, all and, yeah, and, and in a short amount of time. It's not that it's it's not even the drive. Oh, wow. Usually I'm there two days yeah, instead it, of one. Yeah, it's the turnaround. So, uh, I, but, hey, get through all this and prove to myself that my 26 is a true 26 years old and I'm yeah. not 26 going dude, on 46. Dude, no, no. It's really the <laughs> so. intensity of a drive. Like, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like, just, I mean, you drove seven hours to Tampa, went to a football game, which is, I mean, in itself – is draining, yeah. You know, and there's energy involved, right? Right, and and then slept, and then woke up, came back here, and I assume came straight to work. So yeah. <laughs> I only got about four hours sleep last yeah, night. So. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm running on about three, yeah, four and a half. So yeah, I'm, so I'm with you, you know the early morning yeah. gang. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, glad to be back here on time. Glad there's no traffic yeah. incidents. Didn't have. I got every last minute of sleep I could, so we had no margin for error this morning. But uh, glad to be back and previewing all the college football, pro football this week. And here's another big thing that's happened since you've been away, Ryan, which is not the same for the start of the week. But in the days, the hours that you were away from the Auburn and Opelika area, the roster for Auburn football remained the same. 
We saw a lot of oh, departures at the start of the week. <laughs> right. But now that we've made it a day shy of game day, a day shy of the eighth game of the year for Auburn against Arkansas, no further players have entered the transfer portal. Well, that's good news. Yeah. Um, that is great news. I mean, you know, great most teams are able to go a few days during the <laughs> yeah. season without a, without someone going in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So I'm glad glad Auburn got back on track at the, the end of this week. Uh, I I don't know if I would have seen it honestly because I, I was on my phone so little the last two days. I mean, unless you're talking like music playlist or actually calling somebody on the phone. I have not been on social media. Yeah. News. You you broke the news of the uh, Brady and Giselle divorce today. And, like, <laughs> I know it was coming, but at the same time, to make it official, still a wow Stings. moment. So, yeah. I, you, you talked to me on the phone a little while ago, and I was like, what? Yeah. So, cool. yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have even known, to be honest with <laughs> yeah. you, if someone else had transferred. Yeah, no, everybody is still on the roster uh, compared to where we were at a week or earlier in the week, I should say. However, two wide receivers short. Both Landon King, Tavares Dawson have entered the transfer portal for the Auburn Tigers. We'll see. Uh, I thought it was a great conversation we had yesterday with Zach Blackerby, the host of the Locked on Auburn podcast. Auburn did amazing work on the ground in the game against Ole Miss, but something that continues to need improvement for the Tigers is the passing game. Auburn's offense has seen five touchdown passes this season. Just five. Touchdown passes through the year for the Auburn Tigers. Guys, there are five games left in the season. So the question we asked yesterday and the question that we're going to continue to ask to all of our callers, we want to hear from you, 334-887-3401. Given that there are five games left and five touchdown passes have been thrown, the over-under set at five, will we see more or fewer than five touchdown passes for the rest of the season for Auburn. Oh man. You know I <laughs> It's a you, great question. You know I don't pound the optimism train too often, but I'm going to go over because Hell yeah. I, because okay. I think I'm surprised that, at you, Ryan. I think that Auburn's going to have at least two against Arkansas right here and they're going to go ahead and get out in front of that. Now I'm going to say they're not going to have a passing touchdown against Alabama. <laughs> okay. So they're going to need to get their five Down or to four more games. In, in the next four. But I think they can get two here, and I think they can get at least two against Western Kentucky. And then you just got to find one more. Now, it seems so simple to say it out loud, you know, just average one a game, why don't you? That's what most <laughs> FBS teams would do, unless you're Army or Navy. Um, but it has been a struggle. I think the big plays are there for Auburn. I think you look at things, and they have made long pass plays this year. And because Arkansas secondary is the weakest part of their team and, and overall a weak defense, I think they can have a couple of 20-plus yard touchdowns tomorrow. Uh, now, maybe one's on yeah. the ground. Maybe maybe one is in the air. But, I, I again, I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game tomorrow. And so if Auburn scores four or five touchdowns like they did against Ole Miss, I think, I think they'll get a couple in the air. Over or under five passing touchdowns for the Auburn football team. As we go through these final five games of the season, answer at 334-887-3401. As all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line, Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Uh, Interesting games left on the schedule for Auburn, including one against Texas A&M. And uh, how crazy of a spot we found ourselves in with that one. Really, really enjoyed our conversation with Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South yesterday. He was hilarious, as always. Uh, And talking about 
two head coaches that all of a sudden their futures at their current school incredibly uncertain when talking about Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M and then also referencing Brian Harson of Auburn. Uh, Texas A&M plays a Saturday night game tomorrow night against Ole Miss. That game will be played on the SEC Network. And we have now gotten reports from Tom Hart and the SEC Network crew that Jimbo Fisher bailed on his production meeting with the TV crew today and that his agent, Jimmy Sexton, is in town in College Station. What in the world oh, does no. that mean as we uh, a Friday night or a Friday well, speculation bailed. hour? He bailed to make sure no one else was smoking in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't know. I mean, that's I that's that the, what, $80 million, $90 million question is if what, is they really would move on immediately. Ominous. What do you think, Cam? Do you think they're going to move on from him? I mean, I don't – I – Man, that that's that would be interesting if they did. Um, the full context: yeah, I mean, it was some... Tom Hart on Paul Feinbaum's show. He bailed on the standard production meeting that's required of SEC football coaches. Yeah. And on the show, Tom Hart said, "I don't know why, but I've been doing this for a minute, and that's the very first time a head coach bailed on a production meeting." Jimbo Fisher was not there, and his agent Jimmy Sexton is in town. Yeah. Um... I, I don't I don't think they'll uh, they'll move away from him. Um, maybe not this year, but I definitely think he's getting a talking to. Does he move away from them? I why? Well, hmm, not as much I, pressure. Yeah, not maybe not as much pressure. But then that's a whole thing in itself, where it's saying you're running away from you know a challenge at that point. Um, and why would you take the job in the first place? You know the expect you should have known the expectations when you got there. Um, and so at that point, why are you leaving? Uh, and, and you just start. brought and you just brought in this really amazing, in, amazing recruiting, recruiting class. class. Yeah, it makes yeah, no it, sense. It, it makes no sense. It makes so no sense. I'm just wondering why he would do that. And so if they, I, I think they're honestly just going to sit down and say, Hey, you're not performing like you're supposed to. You have all, you have all the tools. Um, you have this great class. You're, you're underachieving. More than I Why think is anybody. Your agent in town, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe just representation. I mean, I, just catch it up. Yeah, just want to spend a Friday yeah, night in College I, I Station, mean, Texas. You know, maybe grab it's a just pizza rep- together. Representation. I know he's an agent, but maybe between like lawyers and agents and having that conversation with everybody. In Let's the work room on a buyout. Where every boy well, that maybe or maybe everybody's just trying to get a a firm understanding of of where we where they stand you know jimbo fisher and, head coach of nebraska <laughs> no oh, <wow. laughs> and so so with that every everybody's in the room everybody said, has a Whoa. full everybody has a full grasp of of where we're going and i'm sure you know the expectations and and all that are being re restated and i just that's what i think just go from there i don't think they move on from him i think that that buyout is just I mean that's just a fat, that's just a fat amount of money. You've got some thoughts going on up there. To me, if Sexton is there and talking to Jimbo, they're probably discussing two different things. One of two different things. One is a negotiated down buyout. Okay, or so that. so yeah. something where you know they have a more amicable uh, divorce where. You know, Fisher still gets a good sum of money, but it's not the full eighty something, ninety million buyout right now. Or, or 
it could be that they are nego- just renegotiating the deal in that manner. So a right. couple of years that maybe the, the buyout declines quicker than it is, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, they could also be talking about this. The second thing they could be talking about is, you know, what it would look like to, you know, go somewhere else and Fisher's interest level in that. And, you know, I, I look at his ties. His ties are here in the South. Um, he went to Sanford, uh, played at Sanford, coached at Sanford. That was his first job. Came to Auburn, obviously, as people know, in the mid-'90s. He had one year at Cincinnati before going to LSU. Right. And then from LSU, he went to Florida State and eventually became Bobby Bowden's successor. And then he's been at A&M here for the last five years. And it's crazy. Look, it's already been five years. It is, as much as it has been disappointing at Texas A&M, overall, Jimbo Fisher's 120-41 and 41 in his college career. He has a national championship, obviously, at Florida State. Uh, had a second playoff appearance the year after the, or or had a playoff appearance the year after that final BCS national championship in the in that era, and so this is still a guy people would want, even if this has failed at Texas A and M. So I mean I I have no idea what kind of job he would be looking at. You jokingly said All Nebraska, right. and here's uh, my question: Would you want him here at Auburn? Oh God, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that right now. I don't know. I don't know if I'm coherent enough to think thoughts wow. about that. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm going to ignore that yeah. plague. Um, probably not. Yeah, I'm, saying, uh, I'm taking that I, as a I, no. would, I would say no. Um, but again, someone would want him out there. That is still a reputable program. I mean, it. Let, let's just play the Nebraska angle for a second. This could be just heresy. This could be. This is just talking out of our butt right, right, right now right. on a Friday afternoon. Uh, but Nebraska, a traditional program that has been bad for the last two decades, more or less, but I know Bo Pelini was okay, uh, but but not anywhere close to Tom Osborne for the last two decades. After having two decades of being, in, as we went through, top 25 every single year, top 10 most of those years, really a sustained run of excellence in the 80s and 90s for Nebraska, capped off by national championships in the 90s. Um that's a program that expects to win, period. Even though it has been faltering lately, it expects to win. Jimbo Fisher, I think, is the biggest name Nebraska could get right now. Right. Uh, it's still a big name. And I know there's going to be some te- trepidation because of failures at Texas A&M, which, by the way, you know, I mean, it's not been terrible. This is the first bad year. He's been eight and nine wins every year, and of course, the, nine and one in twenty twenty was what special. A, yeah, was a you know top finished fourth in the country. So it's not been a tra- train wreck until this year. Uh, admittedly, this year you'd have to call this particular year a train wreck. But um, extreme. It's like it's like have he, a quarterback. Built, he built up all the way. Uh, he built the program up, 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 and this is where you're supposed to take that next step to being an elite program. And the stairs collapse. Yeah. He just after a good recruiting class, so which is after incredibly the, their best strange. recruiting right. class, one their that best. got him in a war of words with with Nick Saban, notably in the offseason. Right. So, again, I guess just my point is there would still be interest in Jimbo Fisher, plenty of places, if he wanted to to abandon ship. But Sexton being in town is what gives weight to any of these kind of hypothetical conversations that seem very silly 
But ultimately, I mean, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. Jimmy Sexton, I guarantee you, Jimmy Sexton has a lot of clients. He is not just checking up on on, on people right. and, and, and having the, and having his client dock a production meeting right. the day before a game. So not a good look. Something something's going not on. Not a good look. Not I want to take some phone calls look. here on Sports Call. 334-887-3401. Toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine to be a part of our show. I'm JJ Jackson with Cam Barry and Ryan Lavoy. Let's go to the phone lines. James from Montgomery. James has called in. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, War Eagle. sir. Yeah, um, for Ryan, I was I was right there with you, man. I was right there rooting rooting on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Well, I appreciate that, James. Unfortunately, we could not pull it through, but uh, I do appreciate you uh, you rooting for us. Yeah, because I, I actually had uh, one guy on my fantasy league. Um, I, I I mean, I thought he was going to give me some points, but it, it just not enough. But I think I think Tampa Bay would bounce back next next week. I know that y'all have an off week uh, this Sunday, so I know y'all are going to bounce back. I, I know y'all are going to bounce back and maybe make it to the Super Bowl in uh, 2023. That would be very wishful thinking, James. I, I, I obviously that was the expectation, or at least a part of the plan for Tampa coming into the season. They were one of the favorites in the NFC, but uh, unfortunately, at three and five, they would be very lucky just to make the playoffs. Period. I don't think they'll even do that. So, uh, but uh, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right, James. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see if they can uh, have a big bounce back. And we'll all celebrate together. Yeah, that's what we all do as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Tom Brady would uh, make a, a full recovery from, uh, you know, from this loss, and maybe I'll see them actually making uh, another Super Bowl appearance with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, beating Patrick Mahomes once again. Yeah, that was fun when they were able to do that in the Super Bowl a few years back. So uh, we'll see if Brady can can step back into uh, into his groove. He played well, has played well this season. Uh, we've talked about their struggles running the football a little bit, and um, now you know the news comes out today that he and his wife uh, have divorced officially, and so we'll see what happens next in their lives. Yes, I did actually uh, did a can I did get a chance to actually uh, read that, and I mean with with his wife being uh, a, a beautiful woman, a great wife, a great mother to her kids. I, I I wish her the best of luck. I, I mean, things in the marriage, uh, things uh, might you know, it, it happens. So I mean, they could uh, renew their vows and maybe stay together uh, once again as well. They could, but she's also single, so maybe somebody else will start dating her. Um, probably me. Who knows. Whoa! Oh wow! James, James you, you, you want to date Giselle? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, man. See what sticks. What would you say to yeah. Giselle? Oh, I, 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 I actually, uh, I didn't say anything, but I know she was out there, so she's, uh, she's a, an amazing woman as well. Yeah, I can tell give her that. You got her, an elevator her, pitch as to why yeah. you should be her new boyfriend? Tell her you'd treat her right. You won't prioritize football over her. You'll, uh, you'll watch over the kids. I, I mean, anything, anything that I'll do as well. You're the man, James. That's yeah. awesome to hear, buddy. Yeah, so I know this weekend. I know Any other ladies in your life right now, James? 
Um, I'm actually uh, leaving that one up to God and seeing what he might have. Amen. Uh, Amen. Me, Amen. You know, as well. Amen. And um, I know we're playing a big uh, a big game this weekend against Arkansas, so I'm just going to see what uh, Robbie Ashford is actually going to do. Um, there you go, Robbie. Yes, Robbie Ashford. Yeah, yep. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see what he's gonna do with this Arkansas team. I know Arkansas. Uh, they're coming off of a big uh, win uh, last weekend. I've seen their offense, their defense, and I mean, you're. I mean, Arkansas is not gonna win. I, I don't see it. I mean, other people out there, uh, they're seeing it on paper, but I see otherwise. I see Auburn coming at home coming with a big win. So uh, this will be a 40 a 46 to 26 win victory for Auburn. Heck yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. I hope they can win this game. Auburn fans say War Eagle. Do you know what Arkansas fans say? Um I think I know what they actually say. They say uh Pig Suey. That's right. Woo Pig Suey. Yes, as well. And then with this big game that I'm actually um, so proudly to see on Saturday, I'm actually going to be watching a movie on um, – they do have a movie about the Arkansas Razorbacks as well. So really um, – Really? Yes, it's on Netflix. It's a really nice family movie. It's uh, very interesting. It's uh, a true story about one of the former Arkansas Razorbacks. He – um, had his whole life uh, turned around by the faith of God, and um, it, it, it's a family family movie. It's um, uh, I'll I'll probably uh, find the title of the movie. Is it I'll, called Greater? Um, yes, that's it. It's a it's a family movie, and it's a true story about one of the former Arkansas Razorbacks that used to be on the team. And yeah, I'm um, seeing it released in 2016. Yeah, so it's a it's a really good movie, and it will um, bring you to tears as well. Okay, all right, yeah, I'm all for a, a good cry sesh watching a movie. Yeah, so I'm actually going to be um, looking at a lot of college football games, uh, some big ones. Uh, what about Florida, Ohio Georgia. State and Penn State? That's a huge game. Yes, I'm actually going to be watching that first one. So I have Ohio State actually beating Penn State. Good so that pick. That will be a uh, fifty-six to twenty. Uh, six victory over Penn State as well. Fifty-six to twenty-six is one of your favorite scores. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's going to be a good game, and uh, that's one of the biggest rivalries in uh, Ohio State and Penn State history. Then I'm going to be watching Michigan and Michigan State, the battle for the Paul Bunyan uh, Trophy. So this is one of the historic, uh, classic, historic matchups between. Michigan State and Michigan. So I, I have Michigan State beating them uh, 57 to 29. 57 29. Okay, that's a fun score for that one. I like it. All right. What about yeah. uh, what, what about your NBA news that you've got? Oh, yes. I am so excited to actually congratulate my Dallas Mavericks last night. They did awesome last night against the Brooklyn Nets. And we are doing really good. So we. They won in um, overtime. Yes. So I thought we were going to win it in the fourth quarter, but Luka Doncic said, no, we're just going to stretch out the clock. And <laughs> it was, it was just, 
you know, it was his show, you know, in Brooklyn. And and I think Luka Doncic, he actually uh, scored a lot of points. 41. 41 points assist. And he actually is the reigning, I think he will be the reigning MVP uh, this year when when the NBA Finals come up for Dallas as well. Yeah, yeah. Nikola Jokic is the two-time reigning MVP, but maybe Luka can win MVP. What about Ben Simmons? He airballed a layup last night, James. That yes, was the big actually... story. That was the big video viral <laughs> clip from last night. He airballed a layup. Yes, I actually did see that. That was um, something. And when he actually did that airball layup, Luca just took it like it was a Christmas present right under the tree and just took it. And just, and he went the other way. And he just went like, it, it was like Christmas in, in, in November. <laughs> but it's October, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so oh. I actually... Happy of uh, seeing my Dallas Mavericks. I'm very happy of seeing my Dallas Stars actually getting a win two to nothing over the Washington Capitals, and I'm hoping that we'll win uh, this week. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see um, what uh, Dallas Stars is actually going to do for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, when that time actually comes. And then tell us about the NASCAR race at Martinsville. Bubba Wallace, he's not suspended anymore. He gets to race again on Sunday. The race at Martinsville. Yes, I actually did uh, catch that. Um, It'll be on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So he would um, be able to race in this one, but I don't have him in my fantasy uh, lineup for NASCAR. So I would have to put him in like next week's race for the championship in November. That's right. So that will be a really hard test for him. I'm hoping he'll win. Um, I'm just going to see if uh, Chase Elliott is going to win or Martin Truex Jr. or uh, Joe Logano, one of those three uh, good drivers that are going to that are going to win this uh, weekend's race as well. And then this is one of the um, historic race tracks that I've, wa- that I've watched for for years, and this one um, with this uh, track in Martinsville, they actually give the winner a grandfather clock. That's right. That's right. This is a good race, and those are big picks for guys that could potentially do it. And I think that grandfather clock is a cool presentation. Yes, it is, and it's a really good. Uh, it's a it's an amazing presentation, and they've been doing it in Martinsville for years and years and years. No doubt about that. All right, and then uh, what's your World Series prediction? And we'll get you the trivia. So what's your World Series prediction? Do you think the Astros or Phillies win? I would have to say for tonight's game and game one, I would have to say the Philadelphia Phillies take game one. And the uh, final score for game one will be Phillies 7 to Houston. Three. Seven to three. Okay. All right. And do you think the Phillies win the entire series? I would have to say they will go. I would have to say for the World Series, I will see the Philadelphia Phillies going four games. Okay. Four or five games as well. Okay. We like it. Are you ready for your trivia? Yes, I am. All right. Question number one What MLB team has won the most World Series? What MLB team has won the most World Series? I would have to say that would be no other 
than the New York Yankees. Yes, very good, very good. Question number two. How many World Series have the New York Yankees won? I would have to say they, the New York Yankees have won 11 straight consecutive times. Not quite. The, Bra- the Braves won last year, so they didn't win 11 in a row. But, but uh, it, it's more than 11. So uh, give us another guess. How many World Series have they won total? Uh, let's see. They have won. I'll have to take a, a, a hard, hard, a hard hit in left field. I'll have to say 18. Very close. Once again, they've won 27 World Series. Wow. 27 World Series championships. Wow. I was almost there. 27 consecutive appearances for the New York Yankees. Yeah, not not consecutive, but they've won 27. Consecutive would be every single year, but it hasn't been in a row like that. So, uh, all right, next question. Which player for the Yankees has hit the most World Series home runs all time. Which player for the Yankees has hit the most World Series home runs of all time? And I'll tell you, he hit 18 home runs in the World Series. So what famous Yankees player has hit more home runs than anybody else in the World Series? I would have to say that would be no other than Aaron Judge. Very good guess. Very good guess. We're still waiting on Aaron Judge to make it to a World Series. But uh, if you were to submit another guess, who would that be? Think a long time Uh, ago. He played a while back. I would have to say that would be, uh, let me see. He played for the Yankees, but he doesn't play for them anymore. Correct. So now he's a, uh, a commentator for the Major League Baseball Network. Uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, James. Unfortunately, he passed away about 20 years ago. He played and, for the Yankees in the 1950s and 60s. Um, I'll probably get a hint on this. All right, here's your hint. Think about Disney World. With his first name, think about Disney World. That will be Walt. Uh, let me see. Is that Walt Disney? No, not not quite. So, what character do you think about with Disney World? Oh, now I get it. Mickey. Yes. So, what Yankees player was named Mickey? Yeah, Walt Mickey. No, no, no. no. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Mickey Mantle. Oh, yes, yes, the famous... Yes, uh, famous baseball player. He hit 18 home runs in the World Series. 18! But he passed away in 1995. Mm. Yeah, so, um, you know, this this World Series, this will be my fourth uh, World Series ever watching it as well. So I'm just going to see some history and some uh, records. That's right. Between these two teams as well. And then your Texas Rangers were in the World Series in 2010 and in 2011, but unfortunately they lost both years. Yes, they actually did lose both years in 2010 
and uh, that previous year. In 2011. That, in 2011, because I remember the one in 2010 and the huge loss in 2011 as well. But my Texas Rangers, I'm just uh, going to see how we're going to do, uh, if we're going to get some new players, and seeing if we're going to make it to the World Series next in year. There you go. There you go. Well. All right, man. Well, we appreciated the phone call today, and we hope that you have an outstanding weekend. We'll talk to you All on right. Monday. All right. Sounds good. And I'll have some good Halloween. Uh, yeah. Well, do you want a Halloween? Do you want to give us one now, or do you want to wait until Monday? I'll probably wait until Monday. Okay, Halloween joke on Monday. We can't wait. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle. That's James from Montgomery joining us on Sports Call. Let's take our first time out of the show. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's keep this thing going. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola Taste the Feeling. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan Lavoy. As we're talking about any and everything in the wide world of sports, taking your phone calls, 334-887-3401. A full weekend ahead of college football. The Jimbo Fisher news that we talked about a lot earlier Bailing on a production meeting, according to Tom Hart on the Paul Feinbaum show, and Jimmy Sexton being in town, talking about uh, the upcoming slate of NFL games, talking about the NASCAR playoffs moving forward on Sunday, uh, and discussing Game 1 of the World Series tonight, set to be played between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. And for uh, much of Braves country, are we just ignoring that the World Series is happening? Is that the best approach for people, guys? I guess. I mean, I don't really want the Astros to win, but I really don't want the Phillies to win. So, we've got know. a lot of nodding just, right now I, from Ryan. I'm but, not. I'm not putting it on my TV willfully. Yeah, no. me either. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, honestly, there you go. Honestly, I, I won't do it either. I, I, I do, however, like Dusty Baker. He's a good guy. Good guy. He yeah. is. He is a good guy. I just hate the Astros the as an organization. Braves Radio <laughs> Network uh, had their wrap-up show that, of course, we're a part of as an affiliate on 1230 WAUD here in the Auburn area. And Ben Ingram, Kelly Kroll, uh, some of the 680 The Fan guys, Mark Bowman from MOB.com was on the program as well. And they all were in agreement that uh, – they were going to root for the Houston Astros for Troy Snitker so that the Braves could claim a title by proxy there. Uh, of course, the Braves manager, Brian Snitker, his title. son, yeah. is one of the hitting coaches for the Astros. Let's take your phone calls, 334-887-3401. Luke from Alex City. Luke is on the line to say hello to us. What's going on, Luke? Hey, guys. How are you all today? Very well. Thanks for asking. Good. You know... I, I wanted to talk about Jimbo Fisher for just a second, but just as a, a, a side note, 
I do have an autographed Walt Mickey card from 1966. I'm not sure what it's worth, but I've got one. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, what a player he was. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you. That had us that too, man. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you know, it's funny about the Jimbo Fisher thing because who exactly? I mean, look, there, there may be nothing to it. It may be all coincidence that he skipped this meeting and his agent's in town and all these other things. But there's no denying he's in trouble. And frankly, he's a, a field goal that hit the top of the goalpost, something we've never seen before, away from uh, being even worse than than we thought. Totally so, forgot about that field goal. Yeah. Good yeah, point. I mean, and if that field goal does anything except what it did – he, he's got another loss, and, and really, he's just looking that much worse. And look, I, but here's the other thing. Who would Texas a and go get? I mean, I, I pose the same question to Auburn in a way, but at least with Auburn, I look at it like I don't think Auburn has a choice. I, Auburn's got to try something different, and if, it, if it's just worse somehow, then so be it. But, I mean, there's, there's no worse culture fit than Brian Harson for Auburn. And and a lot of people knew that from the start. So Auburn's got to make a change. But A&M, I mean, they, they just brought in this historic recruiting class, and while Alabama and Georgia have killed it on the trail for years, A&M's class mathematically is the best in, in 24-7's ranking ever. So, I mean, do you, do you seriously want to let him go this year? I mean, I, I guess – with some of the other issues happening off the field, maybe. I mean, I've never heard of players smoking uh, marijuana in the locker room after a game, which means they had to have the forethought to bring the marijuana in with them. Right. I, I mean, I've never heard of that before. So, I, I mean, if that's the kind of culture you have, obviously there's a lot of problems there. But, you know, Texas A&M is so incredibly unique that – what do you think? Even if you want to go get somebody like, say, Elaine Kiffin, I mean, is Elaine Kiffin a good fit for Texas A&M? I've been there, and I look, I, I loved my trip there. Even though um, Alabama lost a year ago, I, I had a great time. But it's a it's a very odd place, and I'm not sure just any coach can go in there, no matter how good they are, and and make great things happen. So it's just this is a fascinating turn of events because. You would have thought, okay, if, if Jimbo Fisher can't get it done, who can? And I think now we're all like, really, who can? I mean, I, I don't even know what's out there. I mean, if you're not getting Saban or Kirby Smart or maybe Ryan Day, I, I mean, the rest of it seems like a crapshoot, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the, I, I just don't know what A&M would do after that. I don't get what Jimbo's next move would be, right? That's the other thing I keep. Where does Jimbo go from here? If Texas A&M is no longer the answer for him, to the to the uh, to Bermuda, I would assume with eighty six million dollars. <laughs> I mean, I would not coach football. Don't anymore. need to think about football. I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't make my own sandwiches. I'd never do anything on my own again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, it, somebody would be doing something for me all the time. But uh, anyway, I just think it's a it's a pretty crazy turn of events, and while. I think just about anybody who follows college football knows Auburn has to make a change. This thing with Texas A&M is so weird. Uh, I never would have thought they might be looking for a coach after this year, but here we are. But anyway, 
Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Hold on to that Walt Mickey card. It might be worth something someday, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend. That's our pal Luke from Alex City joining us there on the program. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of talked a little bit earlier. I about joked the, about Nebraska, yeah. right, for Jimbo, but not as much what in the world does Texas A&M do from yeah, here. Yeah, not the A&M angle. What, uh, do, what do they do? Which is obviously more relevant to SEC country. I mean, I... I I don't know. I mean, you have to you have to be discouraged, right? If you look at the last two coaches A&M hired, they hired Kevin Sumlin out of the group of five. He had been an up-and-comer with Houston at the time. He kind of led those really dynamic Houston offenses that I believe had Case Keenum on them. And so that was your shot at kind of an up-and-comer. And for a while, it looked, it looked fair. It looked pretty good with Manziel and Mike Evans. Uh, but Manziel was a Heisman Trophy winner. Mike Evans was a gr- great receiver in college. And, you know, I think that it, that obviously ran its course. I think you've seen something kind of similar. I, I think there was real promise with Jimbo. Year three was 2020. That was obviously the year, the 9-1 and one year, and, you know, finishing fourth overall. Last year, I think they were, again, eight or nine wins, so they kind of went back to what they'd been the first two years, and none of that was train wreckish, but it's this year in particular, as, as Luke brings up. I mean, they, they could have lost that Arkansas game easily. It's not even just the field goal. K.J. Jefferson earlier in the game doesn't fumble trying to Superman it from the five right. and it run back for a touchdown. You know, that's a that's another play you look at. Like Arkansas, Arkansas very easily could have won that game uh, multiple different ways. Um so I, you know, I think that I would personally keep Fisher another year because I think that you need him to work. Because if you tried the the up and comer and that didn't work, and you tried the big name with a national championship, those are not easy, right. by the way. Only with, like six with, active coaches have right, one of those things. Not many have them. You tried a, a big name coach and threw a ton of money at it, and if invested had your had your boosters invest a lot of money into this program here recently, um, and that didn't work. I mean, that's discouraging. That is very discouraging. And again, it's not like every single year they've had has been awful. They've had some some highlight moments, but that's not what they're paying for. It's their their wins and losses are not far off the history of Texas A and M. Of what like history says Texas A&M should be, right? They're not far off, but what they're paying for and the resources at their disposal is what makes them far off the mark here. And I tell you what, when people invest money, they they better get something for it. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> biggest know? thing. Um, is money. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of it being thrown at Jimbo. And they're going to have to pay for him in some, one way or another. They're going to either see him through more years of his contract, he's going to be earning the money to be the coach, or he's going to be earning the earning money not to be the coach. Um, I, and, again, I, I personally, no matter what this year brings, I would get, I'd give it another year because, yeah. uh, as Luke pointed out, I don't know what a realistic answer for them is. I've also been to College Station, um, and, and I can I can kind of echo what, what Luke said about – you know, it, it you know it's not a bad weird place, but it, it's it is a little different. different. Um, yeah. And you know, it it would take you know he mentioned Lane Kiffin. You know, you'd like to think that someone as quality as Lane Kiffin could work anywhere, but if again, if if, if Jimbo Fisher fit. couldn't work, yeah, everywhere is about fit, right? What makes you so sure Kiffin would work? And and that's when you just start to doubt yourself 
um, when you're trying to make another hire for A&M. So it, they're, they're in it pretty pretty good, too. I mean, Auburn and A&M here in a couple of weeks is going to be the disappointment bowl uh, for, the, for, for how these two programs have had a, had a year this year. All right, as we wind down our number one of Sports Call here today, let's have some fun. Let's celebrate some birthdays in sports. We'll have some dialogue about some fine individuals celebrating their birthday here on October 28th. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports today is presented to you by Max Credit Union. Max Credit Union wants to help you with all of your banking needs. Stop by and see them at two convenient locations, one in Auburn on Gay Street, one in Opelika on Frederick Road. Let's get to today's Birthdays in Sports. Terrell Davis is 50 years old. The former running back for the Denver Broncos selected in the sixth round of the 1995 NFL Draft by the Broncos out of Georgia. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 32 MVP, 1998 NFL MVP, three-time first-team All-Pro. He's a member of the Denver Broncos Rank of Fame and a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Again, played college football for the Georgia Bulldogs. Terrell Davis, 50 years old. You look at his accolades... And again, we were all being 90s babies, very young, when this guy was doing his thing, playing professionally. And then you realize, dude only had a seven-year NFL career. Yeah, I was going to say, a really, That's insane, really, man. really short NFL career. But to rack up those very, accolades in seven yeah, years. I was say, a very Shout out to you, Terrell Davis. Successful and short. He was in there. He did everything he wanted to do. He achieved. And, then and he, he got out. <laughs> <laughs> he got out with hopefully his health. Yeah, right, yeah. with his health. That, I mean, seven years, that's usually... Usually about a lot of NFL players now kind of shoot for about an eight-year NFL career. Um, you know, obviously there's outliers, but eight years is really ideal now b- because of all the health and yeah. stuff. So that's seven years, and to accomplish all that is But then crazy. not even the health in some of this too, right? When you look at the football and you look at the average years that people play, right. part of it is you got to be good enough to keep a yeah, job. You be, yeah, you have to be good enough to keep going. If you're bad, they're not going to keep paying you. And this guy was great, and he said, I'm done. After seven years. Happy birthday, Terrell Davis. Uh, Jarrett Jack is 39 years old. Currently, he is an assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns, a former NBA point guard, selected 22nd overall in the 2005 NBA draft by the Denver Nuggets out of Georgia Tech, traded from the Nuggets to the Portland Trailblazers on draft night, also played for the Pacers, Raptors, Hornets, Warriors, Cavaliers, Nets, Pelicans, and Knicks. At Georgia Tech, he was second team All-ACC Jarrett Jack, 39 years old today. I like his name. Yeah. JJ. Yeah. Of course. No doubt, oh, man. Yep. Now on a current exactly. assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns. Didn't win a ring as a player. Maybe he'll get one in the coaching world as his basketball life continues. All right. Nate McClough is turning 41 years old. A former MLB outfielder. Played for the Pirates, Braves, Orioles, and Nationals. A one-time All-Star in 2008 and one gold glove. Nate McClough used to roam out in center field at Turner Field, and uh, he's turning 41 years old. That's great. We're getting old, man. At the time, that was a very exciting trade that the Braves made for McClough because he was coming off that all-star appearance. Right. uh, I remember that. Optimistic to be a really, really good outfielder, and he just, just, it was a one-year wonder pretty much for Nate. All right, next Spencer Strider is turning 24. There's another Brave 
currently a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. He played college baseball for the Clemson Tigers and was drafted by the Braves in the fourth round of the 2020 MLB Draft, made his debut in 2021, and just yesterday was named the Sporting News National League Rookie of the Year. Spencer Strider, 24. Happy birthday. Really wish that he had not gotten hurt at the end of the year because we saw in his yeah. playoff start that his velocity dipped He's in the different. third inning. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the first two innings were normally thrown 96-97 and was explosive as ever, but he, he didn't have his arm built up because he hadn't been pitching in, right. in two, three, four weeks. So um, I really wish he had been, been in there because it looked like he was starting to have uh, a good playoff start, but just he didn't have the, the stamina. Got one birthday left to give a shout-out for here. Happy birthday, a 57th birthday, to a man that goes by the name of Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn turning 57 years old today, the current head football coach for UCF, a former head football coach for Arkansas State. Had to throw them in there. And, of course, your Auburn Tigers, the national champion as the 2010 offensive coordinator, Took over for the Tigers, won an SEC championship in year one. Gus Malzahn, a man we still love to this day. 57, man. Looking yeah, pretty good. Well, he's, let it, he's letting his hair go now. He's, yeah. not, uh, he's not been coloring Not much upkeep. And uh, UCF's got a big AAC game against uh, top 25 Cincinnati on Saturday, so Gus would like that for his birthday. It's homecoming this week at the Bounce House. More proof that you don't schedule homecoming <laughs> just based off a team you think you can beat because Cincinnati's decidedly the best team uh, or the worst team you could have you could have put on there for homecoming. Christy Malzahn was at the homecoming parade earlier today, and the team started singing happy birthday to nice. Gus Malzahn. Uh, and he looked about as dorky as you would expect. And is. I say dorky in the most loving way possible right. for our former leader, someone, Gus Malzahn. Someone get that man some Waffle House <laughs> yeah. for his birthday. Happy birthday, Gus Malzahn. That's our birthdays in sports here today. Terrell Davis is 50, Jarrett Jack is 39, Spencer Strider 24, Nate McLeod 41, and Gus Malzahn turning 57. All right, we've done it. We've reached the end of hour number one of Sports Call here today. On the other side of this break, we get the second hour going. We take more of your phone calls Coming up next, alongside Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy, my name is J.J. Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, 
Auburn's, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan Lavoie. We're taking your phone calls. 334-887-3401 ahead of another busy weekend of SEC football. Auburn back on the gridiron after a bye week. Tigers did not play last Saturday, but tomorrow they host the Arkansas Razorbacks. The game kicks off at 11 a.m. Central Time with pregame coverage starting at 8 a.m. on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. You, of course, can also listen on the Tiger Communications app and the Auburn Tigers app. We've got Auburn and Arkansas tomorrow. In the SEC, we do have some sad news to pass along as uh, Georgia has announced that legendary Georgia head football coach Vince Dooley has passed away today at the age of 90 years old. He died peacefully at his home in the presence of his wife and their four children. Dooley is Georgia's winningest coach with 201 victories, six SEC titles, and the 1980 National Championship. Vince Dooley, 90 years old, has passed away this afternoon peacefully at his home, surrounded by his wife and four children. Again, Georgia's winningest coach of all time. I want to talk a little bit about Georgia football as uh, they get set for a game tomorrow taking on Florida. And it's really strange. It's Georgia, Florida. It's in Jacksonville. The talk over the last 12 months has been, is this game going to continue to be played in Jacksonville? Both teams want to be able to utilize the recruiting opportunity that the environment would create on your campus. I don't necessarily want to go into that discussion, but Georgia's really darn good, and Florida hasn't been as great this year. Mid. You know, and, and, and now, what are we going to expect out of this Georgia-Florida game? Is it going to deliver? Is this one of the rivalry games that will deliver tomorrow, guys? Nah, probably not. Not going to deliver. I, I don't okay. think so. I yeah. just Georgia's good on both sides of the ball. Great defense. Georgia will deliver. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia will definitely deliver. I mean, I think it'll be entertaining maybe for a half, kind of like how the Georgia-Auburn game was. And then I think Georgia will eventually assert dominance and probably win by two or three scores. Yeah, Florida – seem to have changed the expectation or at least the hopes when they were able to beat Utah to start the year. But since then, they've really not played a complete game. Uh, mm-hmm. And they have not um, really duplicated that performance. They had close calls. I mean, they barely beat Missouri in the swamp a couple weeks ago. Obviously, they, they gave up 45 and lost for 40-whatever. I think it was 45 yeah, to LSU. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have really just not – impressed since that opening week and look that's okay this is year one of billy napier they still have that good win uh which is something to to hold on to but ultimate and and look they did they fought with tennessee so i mean that that should be noted you know they they gave tennessee a quality game in neyland stadium but they've just been underwhelming for the most part i think in this game I think Richardson will make some big plays for them. I think Georgia's defense is not as airtight as it was last year. It's still a great defense. It's still possibly the best defense in the country, at least one of them. Uh, so 
ultimately Florida will not score a lot. But what I can see happening is Richardson making a few freak good plays because of his talent. Oh yeah, and and so that might put Florida. You know, they might have a a thirty eight yard pass play or a, a forty yard rush play from Richardson scrambling and set them up on Georgia's side of the field or in field goal range. But I think they'll probably get stopped in tight yardage and mm-hmm. and short and short yard situations. So. I, I can see Florida having to kick a few field goals in this game. Uh, but I think for, for Georgia, I think they'll eventually wear down Florida. Once C. Stetson Bennett play a better game, he, he started the year very strong right. but has kind of, I don't want to say regressed, but just, just – fallen off a yeah, little bit. Just, the the offense know, has gotten slightly stale. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of meandered through the last few weeks for them. And so I want to see him, you know, make big plays and and get it going again but yeah this game i i i value this game a lot and and i do like that it's at a neutral site however um i'm not you know on that part of the equation i'm not too sure i care where, where yeah. it is uh i i understand i understand all angles i mean i obviously these teams played in jacksonville out. They miss out on an opportunity to have a big home game against your 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 biggest your rival, um, because I mean that that is the reality. I would I would I know Georgia values Florida in that regard, and I feel that Florida regards Georgia like that. I mean, maybe Florida State. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but it's up there, and right. I, I think that it's great when rivalry games are at home. But it is a unique thing that usually we only see neutral site games. For the most part, in kickoff situations, we see Arkansas and A and M and Arlington, so that's one that isn't. But you know, I, I appreciate the historical significance of that too. So I'm not going to be hurt either way that they decide. But it certainly feels like they're trending towards moving that game on campus. Florida uh, and Georgia, that game played tomorrow, two thirty p.m. Central Time, three thirty Eastern. From Jacksonville, Florida, Georgia, the number one team in the land, seven and zero on the season. Florida is four and three yep. in Vegas right now. To give you a, a kind of a tone setter, Vegas is favoring the dogs by twenty three and a half points. Yeah, do you think they can win by that margin? Yeah, definitely. Can. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I think it's going to be similar to the to the uh, Georgia Auburn game, in the sense of you know I think it'll be interesting for a for a half. And then in that second half, you know, Georgia's going to do what Georgia does, and they're going to win by about three scores, two, three scores. Ryan, let me let me remind you of the 1942 installment oh, of yeah. this game. Oh, yeah. You know, just remind me of this since you yeah, saw right? this one. Since yeah, we were all there. Yeah. The, let me remind you, the <laughs> yeah. 1942 installment between Florida and Georgia, the Bulldogs won 75-0. to zero. Nice. Oh yeah, how that's could the, I forget? That's yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know up. the world war was going on, but <laughs> that's a, that's the largest margin of victory in this series in 1942. I'd Georgia beat Florida 75-0. It will not be that bad. No, it, okay, no. That's what I knew I'm where you were going. Yeah. yeah, no, it will not be 75 nothing. They're okay. not playing Florida A and M. But <laughs> the the thing with Florida is again, Richardson has been under this microscope of. NFL scouts. I was going to ask you about that because he's a junior, correct? Or maybe a sophomore. Maybe a sophomore that's had a red shirt or something. El- eligible. Yeah. And so I was going to ask you because he was in the he was in the draft board, mm-hmm. you know, he's like a top 5 quarterback. And so um 
I was going to ask you if you if you thought he was going to stay or if he was going to go and, and things like that, but keep going. Uh, you know, I I think redshirt sophomore. So, okay, redshirt so sophomore. he's eligible. Okay. I think he's got to see where he shakes out. I think there's a lot to work on there, though, and I'm just I, I waver all the time on these these draft decisions, honestly, because you know if he is the, finishes as the number seven quarterback, let's say, well, that's definitely not first round, nope. not second round. It's mm-hmm. probably uh, this is a good draft class. It's probably fifth, third or fourth yeah. round. It's a middle round pick. There's be some of your seventh quarterback would be sixth round or something like that. But I, I think you could still have the seventh quarterback somewhere in the middle rounds. So um, he could come back next year, and if he works on his mechanics and he finds some accuracy with that huge arm, First round. there's there's limitless potential right. where, where where he could be. However, if he comes back and again shows. Uh, an inaptability to control where he's going with the ball and makes bad decisions, kind of throws it up, then he might not get drafted at all or at least be sixth or seventh round pick. So I, I, I would lean towards he should come back because I do think the ceiling is there. Uh, and I, I think he – look, it, it because you can make real money in college football now – I think I'm not as worried about yeah, no a, a, a mid to, to late round pick yeah. not getting his money because I think the University of Florida and their associates and their t- their partners <laughs> yeah. can help him out in that regard right, and, right, and make right. make a, a good sum of money. So I, I would probably come back if I were him. I don't love the NFL prospects because again, your NFL guys kind of obsess over big arms, but accuracy is still more important right. than a big arm in my estimation so i think we're now we're seeing the market adjust originally you know you get obsessed with the accuracy of a rogers or a breeze or a brady and now everyone's obsessed with the big arms of Mahomes yeah. or josh allen and so i think that you know just maybe overvaluing the arm strength but all that to say i think that line is really good at 23 and a half because i see this I really like Florida scoring 16 in this game. It's random. I don't know. A touchdown and three field goals. Like, they're going to have, like, 300, 350 yards of offense, but it's just – it's going to stall. They're not going to be able to do anything in the red zone. And I see Georgia with around 38 to 40 points. So, right in that. I, 38 to 16, 41-16, something like that. The, the Vegas line I really like on this. They're pretty good at what they do, you think? Usually so. Yeah. yeah. Let's take our first time out of the hour. We're back with more Sports Call right after this. Tiger 95.9 FM. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9.
Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, J.J. Jackson with Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry inside our studios here on South College Streets. We want to take your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 talking about any and everything going on in the world of sports. A lot of talk about uh, the SEC football games coming up this weekend as well. Enjoyed our conversation a moment ago, a little bit about Georgia and Florida set to be played tomorrow in Jacksonville. Next week, a big game between Alabama and LSU. Another big game as well between Tennessee and Georgia next week. But Cam, Tennessee's got to get through Kentucky first. Another top twenty matchup yeah. coming up this weekend. Yeah, that'll that'll be a that'll be a good one. Um, I I mean, Tennessee I, should win yeah, this game. I, I think Tennessee's. I don't want to say Tennessee's going to roll, but I also think Tennessee's going to roll. I think they're just kind of really hot their defense is still not great but you know i i just i i think uh i, th- I think they're a really good team this year outside of that part of their defense um i, I just think they're really good i think their offense is just going to be able to sustain and put up so many points an electric that offense yeah that it's just not gonna matter um and and i think that's just gonna what is gonna be what's can continue to win them games because I just don't see anybody being able to stop them. Yeah, when they score as quickly and as well and as efficiently as they do, I mean, the Hinden Hooker, the level of play he's had this season. Talked about the uh, the passing touchdowns yeah. that Auburn has had this year uh, or lack thereof. And you think about Jalen Hyatt, their wide receiver has 12 receiving touchdowns, which I believe is more than six SEC schools. Or something crazy like that? Sure. I mean, man. It's definitely more than man. Auburn. <laughs> yeah. There's one. Yeah, Auburn has not received 12 touchdown oh passes this season. Gosh. Yeah, you know, I think this game is interesting. You know, Tennessee. Playing at home. For they are at home. And I think that's going to be very important in this. because, oh, And it's in Neyland? Neyland yeah. Stadium. Because. Side of the game. The temptation to look ahead to that Georgia game would be very high. Remember earlier in the year, Tennessee did barely beat Florida right. on their home field. And so I think for Kentucky, their thing is they need to be very concentrated in running the football. I know Will Levis is, is again, grayed out as one of the top quarterback prospects, but they don't really have great playmakers on the outside, and their offensive line has had troubles. But what they were able to do last week, um, or I guess two weeks ago when I was when we were watching the, the Mississippi State game, is they just pounded it down their throats. And Chris Rodriguez is an excellent running back, and I don't I think he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle here, here because so much of the attention with Kentucky has been about Will Levis. But I think they should be running the ball more. And so if they do that, well, you try and ball control. You try and get Tennessee off their rhythm. And, and look, one of the things about, about Tennessee is it doesn't take long for them, okay? And, and they can score in a minute and a half and, and go eight plays, 75 yards, minute and a half. And – the way you combat that is you try and get them off rhythm. You try and make them sit on the sideline for a long mm-hmm. period of time. You can stop them once or twice, but if you go back out there time and time again in, in the same quarter, they're going to get you eventually. And once they get you, they're going to get a good momentum. And so 
Kentucky's got to ball control this game and give themselves a shot. I do think Tennessee wins it. I wouldn't be too worried about that. But I can definitely see a close game if Kentucky can execute that run game early on, get Chris Rodriguez going, and then try and make it easier for Levis. I mean, that's when you've got a bad offensive line, uh, you know, maybe not as bad as Auburn's, but still a, a poor offensive line. Trying to keep the defense off balance is is really the best way to try and help your line out if, if the defense is constantly not knowing which gap to go through or they're getting fooled by the pass on play action. I mean, just keeping them off balance is, is going to be how you try and combat that. So run, use your play action off of that run later in the game, but you, you've got to ball control it early and keep Tennessee on the sidelines, try and break their rhythm early. The SEC Bolitnikoff favorite, I think, going into the year, if you were to pick an SEC wide receiver, was Cedric Tillman. He's been hurt for a lot of the season, and Tennessee has had this man by the name of Jalen Hyatt step yeah. up. He was our sports call player of the week a week ago. Here are the numbers again. Jalen Hyatt, 12 receiving touchdowns. Georgia has 11. Texas A&M has 9. South Carolina has 7. Florida has 7. We don't need to finish Mizzou the has 6. Auburn has 5. <sighs> SEC receiving and touchdowns. And to clarify, those are not just receivers. Correct, just receiving right. just, touchdowns. So basically it's another form of passing touchdown, but of course we're just comparing a wide receiver to Correct. the rest of entire teams. Correct. By the way, that I because another point I wanted to make, not that a lot of people would care about this, but Spencer Rattler only seven T D passes then, if that's yeah. That's correct. And you know, yeah. that's not been a big part of what they've done yet. They're five and two, no complaints. True. Uh just got into the top twenty five, I believe, with that A and M victory, but um Finding yeah. ways to win games. Yep, and uh, that's really I guess good defense. Beamer bar, be, bar, Beamer bar, Beamer ball Beamer reincarnated. Ball. Where do you think Tennessee ranks in yards per game in the conference? Well, oh. I'm gonna take a wild guess. One. They do rank yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think Kentucky ranks? Probably towards Five, the bottom. I'm six. I'm gonna go like twelve. Eleventh. Well done. Oh, wow. Man. Well, again, you know so much. He's a smart Le- man. Levi- Make him again, look bad. Again, Levis has not had a big year statistically. He's been banged up yeah, a little bit. That hurt. line's not very good. They win with their defense. That's why there is an opportunity. They keep Tennessee on the sideline. They can get some stops. No one's going to stop Tennessee for four quarters. But all you're trying to do is just get them off rhythm so that when they need a play, maybe they're not having come off the heels of right. two straight scoring drives and maybe you do take a lead and make them you know make them play in situations they're not accustomed to playing now Long granted sustained drives are going to be key sure granted they did do an excellent job against Alabama when Alabama turned the momentum a couple different times in that game Tennessee got out to a big lead Bama came back and then Tennessee still was tied late and then Bama scoops up that fumble, takes a touchdown. Tennessee, to their credit, I know there was the controversial pass interference call at the end, but to their credit, they got down there. They went back, they scored, they responded, they didn't cave under that pressure, and then when they had the 20 seconds or whatever at the end of the game, they, again, got in field goal range and, and got so it done. So the, the one time they've been in real adverse situation, they have responded, but it's only been one time. And so for Kentucky, you're just trying to get that game along as far as you can keeping them off balance and, and trying trying to execute your run game. And, and, and again, uh, Tennessee will get theirs. They will. But, you know, Kentucky, if, if you, it, you can't score if you don't have a ball. Yeah. 
So that that is that is always going to be a fact. Is <laughs> if your offense is not on the field, pretty hard for you to score. Hendon yep. Hooker is the second. Uh, he's second in, in passing yards this season in the conference behind Will Rogers of Mississippi State. Jalen Hyatt is the first wide receiver on the board with 769 receiving yards. He's got 200 more yards wow. in second place. Wow. And Ole Miss is Rebel good. is in second place Mingo. in receiving yep, yards. Mingo. Jonathan Mingo. And then Malik Heath for Ole Miss is fifth. Malik Heath transferred out of Mississippi State, by the way. They, and went to Ole Miss. Yep. How fun uh, is that? Yep. That, that Jermaine is, Burton transferred uh, out of I'm Georgia you know when to egg, Alabama. That is traitorous activity. Well, I'm just letting <laughs> you know that, that when the Egg Bowl happens, they're going to A, bring that up, and B, oh, if he yeah. scores, he's going to have a oh, celebration for them. So what's going to happen to Jermaine Burton when he plays Georgia in the SEC title game if that holds, and given the off-the-field issues that have uh, I mean, Bama and Georgia are obviously going to be more – intricately woven here as they go through as they continue yeah. to match up in SEC title games and or playoff games. So that's starting to become a rivalry. I wouldn't have said Bama and Georgia was a rivalry five years ago. I mean, they just didn't play all the time. And Bama was a great program and Georgia was a good program, yeah. but there's no reason no. to say they're rivals. But now, I mean, you, each you keep playing. Year, so. Yeah, you keep playing each other in very important situations. And now, yeah, you develop you, that. Yeah, and your program. If you're Georgia, your program's so good now. That's and Bama has been the consistent standard. That's who you compare yep. yourself to now. So, uh, as a as a top program in the SEC, uh, you're you're competing with Bama because at the end of the day, because you know, all right, if we if we win the East, we you know get get out of there. We're we're probably facing Alabama, so so I, I just br- I bring up that kind of rivalry history just to say I don't think it's as sour of a deal, especially when the victor's team is the one losing the player to the okay. losing team. Like okay. it's not it, it, if it was the other way around. He said you're joining the team that beat us, that sort of thing. With the Mississippi's thing, when we talked to Ben Ingram earlier in the week, and we all know about rivalries for state of Mississippi. Half people in, in that uh, in that state, Malik Heath is dead to them uh, because of that. Now, granted, I again, I'm just I'm coming with you I'm all saying, all that's perspectives. Activity, uh, though, I mean, <laughs> all perspectives given here. I don't know if Malik Heath was such a huge name that now he's becoming it because he's playing well Ole Miss, but I don't know if it 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 got the headlines that Jermaine Burton did. Right, uh, but but nevertheless, both sides. Are gonna are gonna want to stop the the guy that transferred away from them? No yeah. doubt about that. I mean, because I mean, could you imagine if an Auburn player transferred to Alabama, or even vice versa? It well, vice versa has happened with with Corey Grant, right? Um, you know, again at Bama, he had not done anything yet, and then he had a, a quality career at Auburn. Um, so, I, and I'm I'm willing to bet it's gonna happen. It happens in recruiting where yeah. one kid commits to one. Obviously, Reuben Foster one's famous, right? Um, but you know that it'll keep happening. It'll it, it'll 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 keep happening. Yeah. All right. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a ball, and you're going to take a shot in the dark. Okay. And okay. let's see how well this goes. Jalen Hyatt leads the SEC in receiving yards at 769. First place. Jonathan Mingo right behind him, 200 yards fewer than that. Auburn is not accounted for. <laughs> In SEC receiving yards by an individual player until Javarius Johnson with 335 receiving yards. How far down the list is he? 
how, how many? He has three. Three thirty-five. Three thirty-five. What do you want the number to be? <laughs> I wish the number was like fifteen, but it's lower than that. I'm gonna go twenty-third. I'm I'm gonna say twenty-eighth. Tied for twenty-second. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sheesh. it's not great. The first receiver for Auburn is tied for 27. They just don't throw that the That means ball. essentially Sheesh. you could almost say there's almost two receivers on each team. Yeah, that, are, that, are that above have more. one for us. Oh, man. That is, yeah. yeah. Almost two a team. Oh, that's so bad. I'm going to wildly guess that Vandy is not one of those teams. So, <laughs> Will Shepard for Vanderbilt is third in the conference okay, in but receiving they yards. But they, yes, they do. They have oh. Jaden McGowan. Oh. With 391. Well, that's great looking for oh, Auburn. Man. Yeah. Horror Eagle. Uh, Tennessee has three wide receivers on the list. I can buy that. 334 887 3401 or toll free 1 Triple 9 Tiger 9 to be on Sports Call as we go back to our phone lines. And joining us on the program right now, we've got Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the program. Hi, Keith. Hey, guys. How we doing? Great. How are you? Hey, I, I couldn't be better. Thank you for asking. Hey, uh, that uh, what is it? Justin Hyatt, Tennessee. Jalen. Jalen Hyatt, seven hundred and sixty-nine yards. Yes. Yeah, he had seven hundred of those against Alabama. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, I mean, he had a bunch. I can tell you that much. It seemed like it anyway. But uh, well, listen, guys. Uh, fresh off my forty-year class reunion last weekend, uh, I left there feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, I, I'm looking for, you know, we obviously haven't reached that milestone yet, but I need to hear about this, Keith. Go ahead, tell me. Well, listen, we, we, we had a great time, and, and let, me, let me say this real quick. Uh, the reason I was so excited to go to this reunion, I'd only been to one class reunion since I graduated, and that was the five-year class reunion. So it has been 35 years since I'd seen a lot of those, you know, classmates. Um so, I, you know, we had a great time. Uh, I walked away. Uh, I, we got in the van, headed home, and I asked my wife, I said, you know, I believe I was the best-looking guy there. <laughs> Is it <laughs> true? she agreed with me. She agreed. She that, agreed that, me. That's hey, the win right there. That's the win, Keith. <laughs> that's that right. Is it is but it uh, is it true? Did you have a hard time recognizing people, Keith? It's like you see these people every single day, and then all these yeah, years well, go by, and you're like, "Who are you?" Right. They were a few uh, that. Uh, did you wear I name tags not, at least? Yeah, we did have name tags, so I had to be careful and look real close. Uh, and listen, <laughs> we walked up to one of the tables where some of the teachers that had taught us was was there of course they're all on up in age and uh and i knew i knew some of them but this one lady i didn't have a clue who she was and she spoke to Paige, and Paige spoke back and i looked at Paige and said who is that you know i, I didn't know her but that was miss hicks the gym teacher oh miss hicks how could you forget keith i know it i mean good grief but uh <laughs> you know uh I really do think my wife had more fun than I did. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I would tell her, say, look, I, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And as I'd start going to the bathroom, well, I'd run into somebody and start talking, you know, and it'd take me 15 minutes to get to the restroom. But I'd look over there, and she's huddled up in a group with with four or five uh, of my 
classmates, all women, they just going 90 to nothing. <laughs> so finally, when I made it back around over there, I, I, I told the group that I said, listen, I don't know what she told y'all, but it's not true. If it's the <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so, but we did. We had, we, we had a really good time. That's wonderful. Uh, old acquaintances and uh, good to see some of my coaches that uh, the head basketball coach when I played, uh, he was there, him and his wife and uh, the assistant uh, head football coach. And the head football coach, Ray Fratale, passed away probably about eight, nine years ago. But, right. but Coach was there. And we we were talking, and he, and he knew Paige, too, because Paige went to the same school. She was just a few years, well, maybe more than a few years younger than me, but she she went to Hansville. And Coach Louie told me, he, he, said, he said, Keith, he said, I think you outkicked your coverage on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. But one one last question uh, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, and, and, and it's Ryan there. Didn't he go to the ball game last night? I did, and I am here. Yes. <laughs> okay. He's been uh, on the road so, a lot. So, really, this question is for Ryan, okay? Um, and you guys can jump in on it. But, but ooh. I'm sorry about that. A dog just almost got hit. Oh, no. I'm, I'm 29 headed to Union Springs right now. But anyway, um, do you think – I know I know the, the announcement's been made about Tom Brady and Gazelle or whatever her name is, uh, the divorce and all that. Uh, do you think Tom Brady comes back again next year? So I don't. What do you think, Brian? I was going to ask you that too. Actually, I I don't think he comes back to Tampa, but I think he will play again. I I I'm I, if I had to bet, I would bet him playing. And if I had to pick a team, I was joking with JJ earlier today, but I and, and Brooks, but I I believe he might be a 49er next year. Well, I tell you what, oh. I, I I don't know about the the team or whatever, but especially since the divorce and all, I don't think Tom Brady's. Uh, ready to retire anytime soon. If he can still, you know, if he can walk, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I really don't. I think he comes back next year, and I think he play. Yeah, he may play, play another two years. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you just don't know. But uh, right, because I, I think I think Keith, you know, looking at Tampa this year, Brady has been a little off. I mean, he's he's not prime Brady anymore. Everyone knows that. But he's still been pretty good. The reason the Bucks are losing is because the Bucks suck everywhere else. <laughs> but, but um, you know, so if he goes into a different situation, uh, like the 49ers who are still very much quarterback scrambled at the moment, and that's, again, his boyhood dream was to be a 49er because he loved Joe Montana. Right. Um, you know, this time around, it might work out where he could be a 49er. Yeah, I, I think I think that would be a, a good fit, fit for him. And, you know, how can you not pull for the guy? You know what I'm saying? Um, I, listen, I pulled real hard last night in the first quarter because I took Tampa Bay <laughs> in the first quarter, uh-huh. and I won that. So I pulled real hard for him that first quarter. So that, that was anyway. a that was a ballsy bet because that was the first first quarter touchdown of the year for Tampa. That they had. So I, I go off gut feeling, but uh-huh. I knew they scored three points last week, and I said they're at home. Brady's going to bring them out, and they're going to score a touchdown or or so in the first quarter. Uh-huh. And uh, luckily, they I did it. You know, and I yeah, it, you know, so good for them. And you know, I didn't touch the rest of the game. So I'm happy. Well, but, neither did the Bucks, um, so they were right there with you. <laughs> yeah, 
Hey, I'm gonna hang up, guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give y'all a Netflix series to watch. It's only one season. Okay. And y'all may have watched it. There was a movie about this with Matthew Conaghy, but this is a series. It's called Lincoln Lawyer. Okay. Or Lincoln Law. I don't remember which one it is. Lincoln Lawyer or Lincoln Lincoln Law. Uh, You're enjoying outstanding, it. Outstanding Netflix series. Uh, I think it was ten episodes. Well, I have to check season. it out. I like it. I yeah. like it. Anyway, guys, behave this weekend, okay? Yes, sir. And y'all do the same. It's good talking to you. And thank you so much for uh, taking my calls. My good friend Steve says, "My time is up." That's right. We'll see you, man. That's uh, Keith from Auburn joining us on the program. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four zero one or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. You seen Lincoln Lawyer before? Uh I've definitely no. seen it pop I, up. I have seen that show. So, well, no. So there was a Netflix movie. Feed. Was a Maybe movie. it was the movie. The the movie was about ten years ago with Matthew McConaughey and Marisa Tomei, and I think I saw that. But again, I it would have been very quickly after it came out. Therefore, I'm talking about seven or eight years ago, and I I don't remember things if I've only seen them once for the most part. Like. I, again, but you're good at watching I, movies. I think I've seen it. I really do. I have not seen the series, though. I think it's a Netflix series, like you said. You're so it's good like at watching movies. Make sure you check out our website, thetiger.fm. Movie Monday on the website each and every week. Ryan LaVoy with a review of a movie that he has seen. 334-887-3401 as we go to the phone lines. Lord Damn Steve. Retired Lord Damn Steve is here with us. Hello, Steve. Yeah, I've uh, just got a phone talking to uh, uh, the agent uh, involved in all the shenanigans with uh, Mr. Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, how'd that go for you? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, I don't know a damn thing. Uh, <laughs> listen, how about this kind of trade? We'll trade Harson or A&M, and we'll take Jimbo Fisher. Can't get any worse, can it? Can't get any worse. Recruiting would improve based on uh, the last 12 months. You'd be able to say that. All right. Okay, speaking of that... Right now, Philip Marshall just came up with what he knows so far. Okay. And he says, I am now convinced that there's a candidate in play whose name has not been mentioned. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know who it is, but it's not Mississippi State A.D. John Cohen. So there's that. Um, he says, I can't say he and Auburn President Chris Roberts haven't talked to her, or that they have, but I don't see him among the leading candidates. And he goes on saying, it would appear nothing, nothing is going to happen this weekend. I expect it to be next week sometime. Then, of course, he said, I was expected to be last week. Right. The viable candidates so far are John, John Harwell, Eddie Nunes, and Rich McGlynn. Apparently, Rich McGlynn is having too damn much fun, according to Tiger Talk last night. Yeah, he had fun on the show. Yeah. What's he doing having fun? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, former... A.D. Uh, Mr. Green didn't have that much fun, did he? <laughs> yep, so it's still trying to, to make that decision on uh, who that next guy will be. So hopefully it does come soon, like uh, Philip Marshall was alluding to. All right. So, guys, you know, I'm no longer going to ask you for your comments level about uh, whether we win a game or not. Instead, I'm going to revert, yes, uh, sad as it is, to your, just give me confidence level as will we, from here on out, beat the point spread. So for tomorrow's game, it's three and a half. Do you have any confidence or how much that we will beat the point spread? 
Oh, well, games this close and the point spread, it almost yeah. it's hard to see Auburn cover and not win. I mean, there's only That's a couple I always feel. a couple scenarios to it when it's this low. Um, I think the co- I don't know. See, <laughs> I think Arkansas oh, wins this game, but I think it's a one possession or or seven, uh, a seven point game or so. So I guess I'm going Arkansas covers. Okay, you know, misery loves company, and uh, you have my condolences, but are you having a hangover from uh, last night's crap game? Uh, no no feel-good juice was uh, drank <laughs> last night, so no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good. I've recovered. Uh, we, we're terrible, and, and that's that. I mean, holy crap, man. What has happened to uh, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady? Well, I mean, I, I how long do you Brady. have? Oh, yeah, how long do you have? I mean, we're – I think Brady's still played pretty good football. I don't think he's been elite, but he's been he's been good enough to not be three and five. The the reality is, I, I remember Steve. I'll, I'll leave. You, I'll give you this: the Bucks were averaging sixty four rush yards a game coming into last night's game, worst in the league. They were averaging three point zero yards per carry, worst in the league. In fact, worse in the last two decades. They did worse than that last night. They had 46 rush yards on 2.7 yards per carry. So their already historically bad rushing attack got even more worse last night. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and there's other problems too. Playbook. Um, yeah, pretty much. I guess. Gee, well, listen. Moving along, uh, I want to let you know. Uh, I give you a, a appreciate and a shout out to you, JJ, for. Uh, texted me the review that you made on uh, the uh, final end of Halloween. Uh, you nailed it. Uh, I thought it was really uh, is this 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 how it's going to end. This is uh, your finale. Good lord, I give it about maybe a, a six at the best. Reading your review of Halloween ends. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, yeah. I, what it was uh, to echo again what I said. You know that's just not the time or place to try and pull something off like that. You you established a trilogy that was very Michael Myers and the Strode family based. I don't know why the ingredients changed for the final one. I mean, it just. Uh, I was planning yeah. on seeing that, so I guess I, I can't. Really I would wait. Yeah, just wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah. Really? Uh, but okay. a live streaming. But Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, God, she she she's a better actress in this, and this was not her best moment. At least not for me, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, well, and also some of that's the writing, too. I mean, they had her play this carefree grandma at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. which, you know, in the 2018, the first one of this trilogy, she was scared to death. I mean, or not scared to death, but she was very intense, and she had prepared for Michael for 40 years. And then the events of the second Halloween, you know, Halloween Kills happens, where her daughter dies at the end of the movie, and then all of a sudden, four years later, she's just like, I'm going to be the cool grandma now. <laughs> Michael Myers is just a figment of the past. I'm oh going to write this 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 uh, book now. So I, yeah. I don't think that's on Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that's on the writing of the movie. I would have just bailed out and said, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this without Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, but, and there's a lot of loose connections uh, in the movie with some of the storylines. But anyway, uh, moving on, uh, I plan on seeing Pray for the Devil. I don't know if you are or not. I'm trying to. I, I. Oh, is that the one with the like the nun? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably gonna watch that. We'll see. It depends and, when. It depends if I've got time on the weeks it's out. 
Another creepy one that I've seen advertised is the menu. I definitely want to see. I'm very interested in that with Ralph uh, Ralph Fiennes. Yes, I want to see that. Yeah. Absolutely. And another one that's coming out that's really chilling. I saw the previews on it yesterday. Uh, Bones and all. Oh, now that one I don't. I can't think of right now. Maybe I haven't seen the preview for that yet. Okay. All right. And Steve, on, I guys. sent you his review for Prey on Hulu. If you uh, if you've got Hulu and you wanted no, no, to check I've seen that Prey. one, no, this, this is Pray for the Devil. I know. So did you like uh, did you like oh, Pray? Yeah. yeah, I love Pray. Yeah, I thought it was better than Predator. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely. I I don't know if I went all the way there, but it it was the best movie in a long time in that series. I don't think anyone would argue that. It was more one. more realistic. All right. Yes. Real quickly, guys, about the World Series. Did not know this until I saw it on USA Today's uh, by Ben Walker. This will be the first time since 1950 that there will be no U.S.-born black, black player or African-Americans playing in the World Series for either team. How about that? I saw Dusty Baker talk about that a little bit earlier today. I'm kind of surprised How by that. How about that? Very stunned. Uh, uh, what do you make of that? Uh, you don't like seeing it. I mean, if if the Braves were in this, you know, they would have Michael Harris II uh, fit that category, and, and you would certainly love to see more United States-born black players in the sport of baseball. True. Uh, but uh, baseball just feels to be not – it just feels like it's decreasing There's in a lot popularity of a little players, bit. And, obviously, well, I'll, but. I'll tell you how, how, how much it's gone down. Since 1998, when they started keeping these kind of stats, at that time, 18.2% of Major League Baseball players were, were African-American or black. Now it's 7.1. Mm. Wow. So it's gone down. All right, moving real quick, guys. I know what time is all this stuff. Do you happen to know what the average tickets are going are going for for the Phillies game at, at their home place? I imagine multiple hundreds. Of no, three thousand two hundred dollars. Oh, well, pardon me. Damn. Yes, yes, that's right. These this is according to this the second highest I average World Series ticket price in Major League Baseball history, behind the two thousand sixteen Chicago Cubs. Yeah, okay. That comes can, from yeah. Sports Yahoo. But hold on. The Houston Astros, what do you think their tickets are going for tonight? There's got to be two fifty in the hundreds. Yeah, like, uh, no, no, no. Uh, $1,500. Oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. They just went last year. Yeah, they, they, yeah wow. And crazy. they've gone multiple times in the last four or five years. Well, I mean, they good for really them that think, they care yeah, that much. I really still... think this is their year. But, but hold on, guys. You're not even close to what some people may be paying. It says here, lower-level tickets above the Phillies dugout are selling for, hold on, if you're not standing up, sit down now, $4,000. Good Lord. Yeah, could, and, I couldn't Not do doing that. it. Never. And if you really you know, don't have anything to do with money, one pair of Diamond Club tickets are selling for $17,100. Nope. What in the world? Yeah. Okay, who are these going to pay for that? Who are these people? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, billionaires, millionaires. Elon Musk. The World Randoms. Series is an event too that, like, yeah, you're paying this money. It's not even the one game. It's not even the one game. You yeah. could go and have an amazing time, and your team could win, and it doesn't matter because they lost the series in five games. Right. Like it, it's just man. Now yeah. you know I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. I told you what the, these uh, unfortunate trends are. If the Phillies win, we go into a bad recession. That's right. Yes, we don't need that to happen. And then if the assholes win, we got the cheaters. The cheaters that won. Again, yes. Being being rewarded yeah. for cheating. Yeah. So but there you go. I'm not watching. Baker. I'm not watching. All right, give us give us your final right, Auburn Arkansas prediction, Steve, and get out of here. Uh we beat the point spread. 
All okay. right. We All may right. win. I don't know. I'll go with uh, Mr. Phil Marshall's prediction. I think it'll be this close, 26 to 24. I love it. I love it. Enjoy the I'll game wait. tomorrow, Steve. Okay, guys, I know you're going to beat this game, so I hope you have a fun time. Stay relaxed and stay sober. Yeah. And we'll be talking Monday. Warrior, guys. All right, that's our power retired Ward M. Steve joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 As we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, we've been waiting for this moment this week. We go to the phone lines now. Snake from Pulaski County. To Pulaski County we go. Snake has called in. He's back with us. Hi, Snake. We figured we'd be hearing from you this week. This week in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Wally Hall, the sports editor, wrote that in the last few days, the word is that Brian Harson um, will be fired if he does not win his next game. This is the next game. Um, it, it appears that in the last few months that Harson has now uh, will not allow his players to redshirt except for medical reasons. Is that true? That has been a report that that came out this week. So we haven't been able to verify that report for ourselves. Uh, But uh, other folks have spoken up and said, look, this is uh, pretty common among a lot of college football coaches. But given how uh, bad things have been for Harson this season, it's just been something else that's come to light for him. And Hall goes on to write that what Auburn might find if it fires him is that there aren't a lot of folks lining up for the job. Right. I've been trying to think. I guess you'd have Blake Anderson or sure. Butch Jones if you're going to go back to the ASU coaching tree. Other than that, I can't think of anyone. Right. No, they have gone Arkansas State the past couple of them, so uh, those would be the possibilities there. Yeah. What is happening at Auburn is boosters have become too powerful. I'm quoting Wally Hall. The threat of donations being withheld unless the boosters get what they want, has led to a slippery slope on the plains. Now, it's a good is summary. That, is that the case? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it's just been uh, the athletic director obviously has resigned and stepped away from post. Uh, Auburn is still trying to search for an athletic What's director. To Alan Green, why, why, why is Alan Green out? Did it ever come out? Did they ever say they he just, just couldn't resign? Ever, yeah, yeah, everyone you know, knows exactly, that. exactly. I think it was just he he wanted uh, to to make sure they were on good terms uh, in regards to his football coaching hire. Things weren't going well. Auburn was ready to turn the page, and so uh, Alan Green threw up the uh, the peace sign and headed out of there before before his contract came to a close. Can Arson can Harson withstand the loss to Arkansas and keep its job? I don't know that they're in a position where at this point they're going to make an in-season firing, uh, but uh, I, I think we're all in agreement that it's happening at the end of the year, yeah, right, guys? Yeah, I, I think if they were going to yeah. fire him during the season, it would have been bye this week. past week during yep. the bye week. So wh- while I don't really see a path for him to stay, period, um, I don't think there's any one game at this point that would that would cause him to be fired during the season. There's a long road to hope. Yeah, just not Arkansas. It's these other games as well. So I don't know. We're not. This should be a good game. We're not really worried about the game that much. We're worried about 
because you've got something rigged up with Birmingham again. <laughs> don't think, don't think we don't remember what happened the last time we were out there. Oh yeah, I know. We, we've seen that clip surface online a little bit again because of Bo Nix and, and that play at the very end of the ball game, and and we know that Arkansas is still thinking about it. So I'm glad to hear that's still the talk of town there, Snake. Well, we've got Jefferson ready to play. He's healed and ready to go. And, of course, Rocket Sanders is having a great year. Yeah. And hopefully our defensive backfield will play better. That's our weakness. That's and what we've heard about is, is trying like to test the, the secondary. Much. No, we don't. We don't throw the ball at all. So uh, it seems like that would be a, a successful way to, to uh, try and beat yeah, The Arkansas. offensive line is really bad. So I think Arkansas's good pass rushers will have – a a very big role to play in, in this game because Auburn's offensive line has been very bad this year. Yeah, it may come down to the tank against the Rocket, and both are great <laughs> running backs. Yes. And so, you know, I don't know. But um, it, it's going to be a good game. They got it at 11 o'clock, which means no one wants to watch it except us. But um, it'll, it'll be a good game. And uh, uh, who do you all have next? After that, Auburn goes to Starkville for Mississippi State, a night game next weekend. Wow. And then they, a rough road to hold. After, yep. after that, they've got the uh, disappointment bowl against Texas A&M. <laughs> right, right. You think um, um, the Aggies can pull, uh, pull out a win this week? Some people think they can. Yeah, I've I don't seen, know. I've seen the spread is only like a point and a half or two, and obviously Ole Miss just played its worst game of the year by far. I think Ole Miss is clearly better, and I think A&M is so dysfunctional right now that even though they're at home, I think even if they have a chance to win the game late, it feels like they'll get in their own way. So I still like Ole Miss to win the game. It, it might be close, uh, but I just can't see A&M being able to pull it out. What people don't realize is we had A&M beat every way you can possibly beat them except on the scoreboard. They won by fluke. They got a fumble on the goal line and ran it back 99 yards. Right. That's the only reason they won. Yeah, we were. So that that's the loss that wrecked our season. We we could have withstood Alabama and even the Mississippi State loss, but the A&M loss. That took the wind out of our sails. It really did. You know, we came back last week against BYU and won that week before last against BYU, but yet Liberty beat them bad, and we got to play Liberty coming up in a few days. We haven't got any Mercers on our schedule like y'all do. Yeah, Arkansas had it. I didn't even know Mercer played football. (laughs) (laughs) Arkansas scheduled a very tough non-conference game. To their credit, they've gotten through it so far. The Cincinnati game was a game I was very interested in at the beginning of the year. And you're right. I mean, that Texas A&M game, we actually talked about this snake a little bit earlier uh, because we were referencing Jimbo Fisher's travails this year. They easily could be 2-5 and because not everyone thinks of that field goal that went wrong for Arkansas. But as you pointed out, the Jefferson play was a 14-point swing. Um, and, and really changed the momentum of that game as well. So, uh, and, and we know the, the significance of that game is that is a rivalry game played at a neutral site. So, yeah, we understand that one's well, a tough one for Arkansas. Will it be a packed house tomorrow? I don't think so. I mean, it, I think it'll be 80,000 of the 87 four, five, one, but I do not yeah. think it'll be sold out, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll call you back after the game and – we always enjoy these phone calls, Snake. These are these these are the highlight of our year. Okay, well, thank you. Absolutely. Right. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. See you, Snake. Okay. All, All right. right. That's our pal, Snake, 
from Pulaski County joining us on the program, bringing us to an end of the hour. Tom Hart tweeted, just wrapped up a production meeting via Zoom with Jimbo after running into scheduling issues this morning. Always appreciate coaches finding time for us and look forward to sharing that information during the game. All right, we're taking a break. We've reached the end of the hour. Sports Call continues in a moment. hours of sports call are finished don't touch that radio dial we've got one more hour to go whether you're leaving work cruising around town or listening on demand we've still got some fun left for you to be part of the show give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy. As we move through into our final hour of the program, our thanks again to Snake from Pulaski County for joining us on the show a little bit ago. I'm so fired up for this Auburn and Arkansas game because we didn't have Auburn football last week. A bye week for the Tigers. They're back out on the field. And uh, Auburn's got a shot. I don't know that they're going to win this game. I'm picking Arkansas to win this game. But they've got a shot. They, they do have a shot. They've got a shot. I would Jordan love Hare. to see Auburn win this game, but... I'm also picking Arkansas. Uh, yeah, it's just this year, and especially in this time slot, Auburn's not... It's not really mattered that yeah. Auburn's been at home this year. I mean, they got smashed by Penn State. They were not able to take advantage of a close game at LSU. I think it helped them in that game, but mm-hmm. they were ultimately did not pull it out. That know, environment was crazy. It was. And, and then, of course, this is going to be an 11 a.m. environment, which, again, like it's... It's not an excuse, Navy but out. it does not. It does not. It, it is a Navy out. I'm pretty sure. Can we uh, work to confirm that? I'm asking for people that might be in attendance. Uh, <laughs> um, um, the 11 a.m. thing is always going to not be a preferred thing amongst any fan base. It's not just Auburn's fan base. Any any crowd's going to get more hype the later in the day it is because the juices start flowing. If you know what I mean, throughout yeah. the day. So, but you're not going to wake up at 7.30. Well, some people will. 7.30, 7.30 a.m. you might. You might, but not as many people will, and you certainly don't have as much time on your hands. Uh, 11 a.m. arrives very quickly. So that home field advantage wanes a little bit, is I guess what I'm saying. But I, I do think Auburn will hang around. I'm glad we heard from Snake. Uh, he waited till the final hour of the program of the week. Uh, so we're glad we, we heard from him. But um, I do think it's close. I just think Auburn will make a, a bad mistake. That's what they've done all year long. They, they've made too many really bad mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes in Everybody games. I knew you, I Yeah, I thought that too and <laughs> revoked, did not say that. And thank you for saying that. You're um, welcome. 
everyone has bad plays, and Cam's got to <laughs> just 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 mute him over there for thirty <laughs> seconds. Uh, delay of the show on Cam. Um, Personal foul. So okay, that's when you rhymed. Let, let, it killed me. <laughs> let, let me try this again. Okay, let me try it again. Okay. Do you want me to say something to give you a moment here? No, I'm fine. Okay, it, he's not fine. Um, I'm f- finger. I'm pointing the finger at him, and then four fingers point back at me. Of course, I know that story too. But anyway, okay. So there's going to be bad plays throughout the game. Okay, everyone is going to have them. But how bad are your bad plays? Okay, and Auburn's bad plays have been really bad because they've been turnovers, they've been sacks, they've been huge yardage loss. Other teams' bad plays are just merely maybe not hitting an open receiver or getting a two-yard gain on a, on a hole that looked like it should have been six yards, that sort of thing. But Auburn's have been big big yardage loss plays. They've been losing the turnover battle constantly all season long. Turner's have been a part of their game. So what I'm saying is I think Auburn will have successful plays in this game. I think they will have some drives. I think they will score points. But I don't think they can do it all game long without flaws, without those poor plays. And Arkansas is not perfect either, obviously, but I do think K.J. Jefferson is a really good quarterback. They're a completely different offense when he is in it. And, of course, they've got Rocket Sanders, so there's not one thing you can key on. Jefferson's going to be a part of it. Sanders is going to be a part of it. So I, I think I trust Arkansas to make fewer mistakes offensively than I trust Auburn. I know Auburn's defense is a little better than Arkansas's, but Auburn's defense is conversely coming off its worst game of the year so it's not playing well as of now so again i i do think auburn will hang but i don't see how they get the job done when they've just been so full of critical mistakes this year auburn athletics auburn university and auburn football are promoting tomorrow's game against arkansas as a wear navy game ah, a wear navy game right. okay. for auburn football for their contest against arkansas tomorrow 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine to be a part of the program as we go to the phone lines now tony from tuskegee tony has called into the program hi tony tony you with us how y'all doing good how are you doing well, right. i got all my navy blue now oh you're already ready yeah i got i, I like auburn there you go i if, love it if the crowd get behind him and auburn can get on the Board early, I think they can maintain the game at home against Arkansas. That's what we're hopeful for. Yeah, I, I, and uh, if they run in the ball successful and uh, keep a lot of pressure off the quarterback, I'm not saying he, he's not a accurate thrower, but if you keep a little pressure off and let him make some short pass, give him some pass that he can accurately throw, I like Auburn tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's going to be key. If Auburn can establish some form of offensive identity, running the football well, Tank Bigsby, and then that pass uh, that, that, that pass yeah. protection for the Tigers what, to be what effective. What about the guy Hunter? What has happened to him? He's available. I mean, he's he played well. He ran hard against Ole Miss too. Uh, he he's had a, he's had a fairly good productive season. He's got two receiving touchdowns this year. He's good to go. Yeah, that, that's what I can't. You know, I can't figure out. I mean, I would. You know, I know they're gonna load the box, but I would try running both of them. You yeah, find some short dump pass. You know, to take a little pressure off. Them. But I, you know, I just put it 
They will try those things from time to time, but then uh, the quarterback airmails the toss. Yeah. Well, for the city of Auburn, like I said, I'm right up the street. Yes, but, you know, I'm hoping Auburn pull one off tomorrow. Yes, sir. We're right there with you. All right. All right. Uh, We appreciate it. Same to you. Absolutely. Tony from Tuskegee joining us on the program. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Let's take a next time out here on the show. We're back with more sports call right after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Friday edition of Sports Call, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam Berry and Ryan LaVoy. Boy, oh boy, are we having fun on this Friday. If you would like to be a part of the show, we want you to do so by dialing 334-887-3401. On a Friday, as we start to run out of time here on the program, let's get you set for the weekend. We've got Sports Calls, what to watch for over the weekend. Sports Calls, what to watch for over the weekend. The World Series gets started. Game one tonight, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies. First game will be played in Houston. The Astros have been here uh, pretty frequently over the last few seasons. They were in the World Series last year, losing to our Atlanta Braves in six games. So game one of the World Series is tonight. And the series continues throughout the weekend. The World Series, something to watch for over the weekend. Yeah, I guess we have to talk about it for a uh, moment, although none of us really want to watch it. It is the, the pinnacle of the sport. Um, Houston has shown that they've just run a truly good organization as far as building talent, keeping talent, and replacing talent. I mean, they lose a guy like Carlos Correa, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, they Jeremy Pena has had some big hits. They, you know, they've lost a few players yeah. during this, and it's been completely fine. You know, Verlander has been incredible still at his age. Jordan Alvarez, somebody that came up a year or two ago, he got a big contract this year. He's been awesome. He had the big uh, first postseason yeah. series uh, against the the Mariners. So, you know, I think that it. While I do hate them. And I do not forgive them for the cheating part. And it, by the way, it's always the cheaters are always the ones that probably didn't need to do it. No, you know, the, you know, those are, it's the you same thing enough. with the steroid guys. You know, yeah. with Bonds and McGuire and Sosa and all that. It's like, okay, they clearly elevated their play, but they were still really good players, potentially even Hall of Fame players before they did that. Anyway, that was a sidebar. But Philadelphia, on the other hand, is the prototypical National League team here the last five or six years. Aside from the the Dodgers when they won one, it's been teams that have just been getting hot at the right time. And it's even weird because uh, talking to Ben, and I had forgotten this, 
that the Phillies actually had a bad stretch in September. Yep. You know, they, they played really good baseball overall after they fired Girardi. They had like the fourth best record in Major League Baseball since they fired Girardi, but they actually lost. Seven like, of 13. Seven of 13. Okay, I was going to say. Seven and 13. They lost yeah. 13 of 20 games. Oh, okay. They were seven and thirteen in their yes. twenty. Not they lost seven out of thirteen. Yes. Okay, thank you for that. So yes. that's that's almost a month. I mean, that's, that's three good. three weeks of sample size that they didn't play great, and all of a sudden here they come in the postseason and and make this big run, similar to the Braves, similar to the Nationals a few years ago. Yep. Um, so I I don't know what's going to happen. I believe the Astros are the better team. I believe that doesn't really matter in the postseason in baseball. I think the better team was the Braves against the Phillies. I think the better team was the Dodgers against the Padres. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. So uh, I I think I lean Astros, but the, you can't underestimate the value of the Phillies being really pumped to be here, kind of like the Braves were last year against the Astros. I'll take the Astros just because I'm trying to say the better team wins yeah. at some point, don't they? Right. But I, I don't. I think I think the Phillies I think the Phillies will be winning their home games. I think they'll win at least two out of three at home. So the Astros do need to get off to a good start in the series. This will be Bryce Harper's moment. He's in the World Series. We'll see what he can get done. Uh what yeah. to watch for over the weekend. We've got the final round of a, a NASCAR playoff before next week we've got the yeah. championship. Championship next week. We're playing in Martin playing. Uh, we're racing in Martinsville on Sunday, Ryan. Yes, uh, Martinsville, Virginia, great short track and a lot of history there. As James pointed out earlier, uh, grandfather clock for the winner. I think um, you know the storylines are Joey Logano's the only one locked in. So stressful points day when you talk about short track racing and the beating and banging. The cars are. Not racing as well on short tracks this year. There, it's been very hard for them to pass on road courses and short tracks in those tight situations. And I really hope that changes on Sunday because that would make it uh, so much about track position. And I don't want it to be about well, he's starting four, so he ain't going to drop more than a couple spots because of track. You know, I, I don't want it to be like that. Hopefully, it won't. Um, but it, the, all the guys. Obviously, there's a couple guys like Chase Briscoe and I believe Christopher Bell that have to win, really. They're, they're 30, 40 points back in points. Uh, but you never know. And, uh, in, you know, 2020, we know Chase Elliott was able to have a similar situation where he really had to win, and he did, and then he won the championship. So you never know. Sports calls what to watch for over the weekend. The basketball season will continue. We're – uh, just over a week into the new NBA season, uh, some teams yeah. have gotten off to yeah. slower starts than expected. Other teams have gotten off to really strong starts, and you didn't expect them to be playing as well as they have this season. Currently, there are three teams in the league that have yet to win a game, and only the Milwaukee Bucks have yet to lose a game. Uh, the Lakers, of course, being one of the teams that is winless, Anthony Davis is out tonight for the Lakers. And Russ is coming off the bench. And uh, Russ, now there are reports that Russ might not come off the bench because oh, Anthony Davis my. has been ruled out. Because he got and the back ailment. Because, yes. yeah, I swear I've watched three of their four games. Anthony Davis, every single possession has grabbed his back. I'm glad he's sitting. He needs to get that healed because every time he goes up for a layup, gets a board, it's street clothes. Ah. Street another way back. So, and Westbrook just 
take take them out take them out back and shoot them <laughs> I, just just it's just they're bad it's, man it's rough they're they're it's a poorly constructed roster I, yeah you can't blame the coach yeah no yeah. shooters. Yeah, no shooting. You got to blame Palenka. Good thing they didn't just give him an extens- extension. Great, you know, just well-run organization yeah, right now. Yeah. But um, I mean, you look at it in the West. If they're going to have a team like Portland, be pretty good, which was a team the Lakers really yeah. needed to beat out for a right. play-in spot. You know, and and some of these teams are still fake good. I mean, it's five games, so it's like right. you know, San Antonio's cute at three and two. They're not going to end up. 41 and 41 or anything like that but it's like i I really yeah utah's no one but i really circle portland because you know memphis is good you know phoenix new orleans denver minnesota golden state dallas dallas only two two the clippers are slow out of the gates at two and three like those are teams you just the lakers just not going to be able to beat out this year but you need to beat good thing for the lakers the kings were another team that i thought would be like 10 11 12 kings are off to bad start but yeah, if Lord forbid, if Utah or San Antonio did accidentally go 500 this year, I don't know what the Lakers are supposed to do with that because I don't think the Lakers are going better than 500. They're probably not even going 500 if they keep playing like this. They've, the, they've had their guys and they're 0-4 anyway. Who's the last winless team? Uh, Lakers, to, Kings, or Magic? Magic. What? Magic Can play I the look Hornets at the tonight. Oh, true. Who plays I wanted tonight? you. I wanted you. Oh to... no! I think the Magic are winning in Amway Center tonight because they're playing Who? the Hornets. Yeah. Oh, Hornets are two and two, but they're not. They're very beatable. True. Lakers are. Hornets in have been Minnesota. playing good offense this season. Yeah, they, they have. Beat, um, they beat the Hawks. Lakers in Minnesota, and then what? Who's the other winless team? The Kings. Yes. Sacktown, Bay Area, and Backdown. Um, they're hosting Miami. That's who a loss. Has somehow already played six games or two and yeah. four. Yeah, that's a loss. They're they're not. Um, Lakers and host the Nuggets. The Magic go to Dallas. If the Magic don't beat the Hornets, they're losing to Dallas on Sunday. Let me go out a couple more days. I know just riveting stuff for everyone out there. <laughs> Kings then go to Charlotte. Charlotte's going to help some teams out here. All right. Charlotte's going to phone it against Orlando and Sacramento. So. The Lakers, then after that, they have a few days off. They don't play again until Wednesday. Play the Pelicans. How long until the uh, Bucks lose a game? Well, the Knicks Saturday. game will be tough on Friday. The Hawks will be tough on Saturday. I mean, if I think they'll lose one of those two. Again, it doesn't. it's not even about best team or that sort of thing. Is Milwaukee better than those two teams? Probably, but it doesn't – I mean, it's a regular That's season. That's why we're having you know? fun. Yeah, so – just talking. After that, they're going to play the Pistons in back-to-back games and Timberwolves and Thunder and Hawks again. They'll, they'll, they play the Pistons in back-to-back games? Yeah. We played the Pistons in back-to-back games. The Hawks Maybe the Pistons, just, the Pistons just play back-to-back just, games. Since they know they're going to be bad, they just want to go ahead and get all their losses in quicker, I guess. Uh, I finally, what to watch for over the weekend. On Sunday, you can listen to Atlanta Falcons football, Woo. 10 a.m. We will have the countdown to kickoff on the Falcons radio network as they get set to host. The Carolina Panthers the kickoff set lead. for noon between the Falcons and the Panthers. Oh, awful division. <laughs> Are you excited for the game, Cam? Oh, yeah. Always excited for a Falcons Sunday. Um, and, I mean, an opportunity to, again, like I said, take the division lead. You know, the division's not good, but 
it's a division lead. Go win lead. it, yeah. yeah. Make the playoffs. <laughs> division lead, like, I'll take it. This one over here was like, I don't know if we want to win. What? We need a draft pick. I'm like, if but you, you take win, the lead yeah, if, if you win, win what do you mean? Division, it's like, well, then. we wouldn't do anything. Plus, who cares? Right. The Panthers are the only undefeated team in division games. Every other team in the division has lost an NFC South game except Carolina. Here's the thing, JJ, for – for Carolina and needing a especially it's for Carolina because yeah. they need a quarterback. If you're not top five, the difference in nine and sixteen is really not that big. No, just go be sixteen. Not at all. Playoffs. Not at all. Because if you can't get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, what are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? What are we doing? Go, so go try and win football games, please. Might man, well. what a show! Should be a good one. I'm, I'm excited. I, I I'm gonna watch it and and you know hopefully the Falcons pull out a W after. Getting beat by three scores in uh, Cincinnati, kind of need a bounce back win. So let's let's go do it. I, I, I'm please. It's a new season and a new team. It's a new season <laughs> and a new team. Amen. That that's uh that's something that we say here. All right, let's give you a TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nightly TV Guide brought to you by White Claw tonight, 6.15 on TNT. Kingsman, The Secret Service, good movie. 6.30 on ESPN, The Pacers at the Wizards. Who wins that game? I'll go Wiz. They're off to a decent start this year. Okay. I'll go Pacers. Uh, World Series Game 1, Phillies Astros, 7 o'clock on Fox. Who wins that game? Uh, Not the world. Okay. Uh, Back to the Future Part 2, 7 p.m. on USA. Quality Who movie. wins that game? McFly. Marty McFly? Okay. McFly. Uh, and then finally, college football tonight at 7 on ESPN2. East Carolina. Pirates. At? I don't know. B. Y. Y. U. U. I'll, go, I'll go BYU. I will okay. also go BYU. Fun stuff. That's a nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Ryan? Thanks for being here. Absolutely, man. Enjoyed it. Have a great weekend. Uh, Cam, thanks for stopping by as well and being on the show. Yes, sir. You have a great weekend, JJ. All right. That's going to do it for our Friday show today and for another week of Auburn's version Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Cannot wait to talk with you on Monday. As always, thank you for your support of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. For Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.